everybody. Y'all know what today is. It's Tuesday. So I had to turn that. I don't know. Something was with that ring light. It was too bright for me. But it's Tuesday. So y'all know every Tuesday is it my motivation podcast live. And y'all know what? I'm just able to go live on freaking Instagram. I'm so happy. I don't know what to do. It's been a long uphill battle going live on Instagram because I refuse to sit here with my phone because I can't talk to y'all like I can't interact with y'all. So I really couldn't do that. But as usual, y'all know I got a guest. I ain't going to talk to y'all for 100 years tonight because y'all know I will when I don't have no guests. A full hour podcast with me talking. But either way, I have a guest. A beautiful lady from Virginia Beach. I ain't going to tell y'all all her business because y'all don't like to tell people business. I want them to tell their own business. And I'm excited to have her here. I promise you, um, and I didn't get the opportunity to tell her, but when you book for my podcast, in the invite, it says to send a picture and send your handles. Nobody ever does it. This, like, I was so excited when I saw her email this morning. I was like, what? She read the whole thing because nobody ever sends a picture and nobody ever sends their handles. So then I'm kind of like stuck when it's time for me to post because I got to go back and listen to the podcast to see what your handles are. If I'm not already following you or if I'm following you, I still got to go back because I don't directly remember, but I was so proud of her and I didn't get to tell her because she was the first person in years to book for the podcast. And I did not have to say later on, like senior pictures, senior handles. She just did it right off that. So I was excited. And I'm not going to talk no more. So y'all, cause y'all know I could talk for real. But I'm going to introduce Ms. Dominique Carson. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? I'm good. I, I left my job early because I was like, because usually I stay to eight at the spa. But I was like, nope, I have to be on the podcast. Y'all need to end me my last appointment by 530. So I get right. in the house by six o'clock, get freshened up, do what right. I need to do. Do you so have a long commute? From do you have a long commute from your job to no home? ten minutes? Ten minutes. Oh, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. That is a blessing. That is a blessing. <laughs> I don't take that, you know, for granted. But um, I'm just grateful to be here. Like I heard the introduction, I was like, that made me feel all special and stuff. Yeah. That I did that. You should. Yeah. You should feel special because I promise you, nobody has not done that in years. Like literally years, nobody has done it. And, I, and not that it frustrates me. It's just like I want to give them the fullness of being on the podcast, like be able to post your picture, mm. be able to post your handles, especially when it's posted on YouTube, because you never know who is seeing it on YouTube and be able to. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because my whole mm-hmm. thing for doing this is to exploit people who have businesses, artists, you know what I'm saying? So I'm excited for you and I want you to be excited for you. So thank you. But definitely tell the people about you, where you're from, what you do, what you're about to bring to us tonight. Okay. Well, I'm originally from NYC, so I'm a New York City girl, Brooklyn, um, New York to be exact. I just moved to the Hampton Roads area. That's what they call um, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, Williamsburg, um, Portsmouth, where Missy Ellie is from, is a Hampton Roads area. So okay. I've been down here now three years. I am a senior massage practitioner at a med spa in Virginia Beach. I also do house calls on the side. I have two partnerships, 
with Zeal and Soothe. Um, right. I have the opportunity to massage veterans okay. as well. That was something I always wanted to do from last year. So I had the opportunity to do that. And right. I've been a freelance journalist for over a decade. I'm an author of six books, as right. including um, co-authoring a journal uh, okay. biography and okay. been collaborating in a number of, I've been in three anthologies and I just did a collaboration book, The Whole Entrepreneur and revived my other um, hustle when I was in college speaking public right. speaking. So I did a lot of that in college. So it just revived as an adult. I just had an author all-star conference and I wish I had the magazine in front of me, but right. let me see if I could take a picture. I was going to say, don't get the magazine so we can see. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. You can go get the magazine. She's going to come right back, but this is what it's about. This is what Zip My Podcast is about. It's for you to show off what you do and who you are so other people can connect with you and they network and be encouraged because you never know what somebody else know that don't you know what i'm saying that you don't know so i'm gonna let her go get her magazine and how y'all doing <laughs> so we just had a beautiful conference in atlanta right. this is the author all-stars magazine this is the second edition so I'm, i was in the first edition in the second okay. edition um, a hundred plus authors applied, but it was right. down to 50. So I was one of the 50 that was selected and my article. And right. bring it up a little bit closer. There you go. Bring it up closer to the, yeah. So, cause we can't see, cause you got the, um, fall background. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dang. That's a big, that's a big deal right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big and then deal. We have our we have our medal for author all stars. This is the okay. medallion that we received along with a certificate. So I've been I've been keeping busy, and then also a part of two more collaboration books for 2024. Okay, so you said six books. Six yes, books. six books. That's including a biography, a collaboration right. book. I co-authored a journal and been in co-authored a journal was in a journal for the national woman history museum in northern virginia right and i've been featured in two anthologies so that's oh six my yeah. goodness now yeah. i'm gonna just say this because you don't look that like you don't look old you look very young you look like <laughs> probably like in your mid-30s perfect yep 33 you know what I'm saying? Like you don't look old, and for you to accomplish all that, that's amazing. You know what Thank I'm saying? You. Like that, because it takes a little while to even write a book or even get a book started. Mm -hmm. It takes a little while. You know what I'm saying? For you to do six, this must be your love for real. Like this yes. is your love. six in three years. Six in three years. Yes, that is amazing. That is amazing. So where where are the books? Like, are they on Amazon? Like, some of them on Amazon. Um, okay. I'm gonna give um two is on Amazon, and the others are sold independently. One is the journal is in New York, okay, and then the National Woman His Woman History Museum. They have it on their website. The journal, uh -huh. and then my recent book, The Whole Entrepreneur, it's in my list. Entry. So okay, people I have the opportunity to independently. 
Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So now, are you a part of? I know, like from the 18th to the 21st, because I like to read. And then I give you guys a, a free gift in the link tree. Um, eight things you should do before you. Hmm? You still there? I didn't hear. I didn't hear the last question. It just went out. Okay, so I was asking where. Yes, you I'm here. I didn't hear the last question. Okay, are you on the um? They having the Black Book Fair right now on Amazon. Are you a part of that? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not a part of that. No. Okay. Okay. I wasn't okay. a part of that. But when I release my biography on John on Amazon's, um, it was the number one for Amazon's short reads, hour or less, and my John right. B. book was featured in Book Authority. Um, top seven books, music books to read for 2021. I was in the top two. That is, I was awesome. in the top two. That's, that's yeah. really good. That's really good. Yeah. What, like, what was your first, like, when did you first decide, like, I want to write, I want to do journals, I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, when did you first decide this? Um, well, it's been talked about from the time I was 10. Okay. Seven people told me I was going to write a book by the time I was 30. Okay. And my grandmother, God bless her soul, she was the first person. Right. I was just a little kid just watching Saturday cartoons, waiting to eat breakfast. And she was cooking. And she said, you know you're going to write books, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, you know you're going to write books, right? Right. You're going to write several. And I was like, okay, grandma. Like, you know. But I, I writing was such an intricate part of my life since I was eight years old, um, right. the first piece of writing I did was a letter to my mother at eight years old. The handwriting was eight, but what I was saying to her was very mature. I was telling her that I, I understand why you needed to be hard on me since I am the oldest sibling right. and that I was watching the things that mm-hmm. she was doing as a mother. I was saying this right. to her at eight years old. And she still wow. has the letter to this day. And that is 26 years ago, like 27 years ago, almost like, wow. actually, oh, wow. my math again, 20, 25 years. So 25, 25 years, years ago. Years. Wow. 25 so, years ago. So that was the first piece of writing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're the oldest sibling of how many? 25 years ago, I began three. Three. Okay. Okay. And so your first, like your first writing was to your mom. Mm -hmm. And and so as you got older, did you do little things like in school and stuff like that? Or did you just decide one day, like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm about to write a book. I'm about to write a book. I did like when I, as I got older, I was, I was writing short stories. I was writing poems. Right. I was around a period. And then his daughters, my cousins, Iani and Fatima, took it to a whole nother level. My cousin, Iani, her words, her imagery, her allegory in poetry was phenomenal. Like she was my Alice Walker before I learned about her Alice Walker. She was my Gwendolyn Brooks. She was my, my Angela. And right. to have that in the family was just phenomenal. And then I was already, I was already, um, I was rapping back in the day. So, you know, rap is basically poetry okay. mixed with a beat. Right. 
So I was doing that for a little while. <laughs> I was doing it because one of my cousins was a rapper. And at right. the time, I was a tomboy. So I wanted to do whatever all my male cousins was doing or trying to do. So that was. Right. <laughs> that was your thing. You was like, I don't, I don't care. I don't yeah, care what nobody says. I don't care what nobody say. All of us at one time in our life been a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all of us been a rapper in our life at one time. A rapper I, I think or I still, that's what I said. I still I think I remember still the first line I wrote. I said, I was looking for the perfect wind, the perfect sky, a perfect vibe, but I realized perfection isn't everything. That was the first line that I wrote that I could right. remember. And I was an honorable mention in the neighborhood before I was 13. Okay. So I was getting honors before I was 13 right. because my grandparents, you know, they had the newspapers, they had the letters. They, it was like, you, you need to enhance your vocabulary and, and, and storytelling. And then my mother was a teacher. So I was reading um, two right. hours in the summer, an hour in the summer. And I, I made sure that I had extensive speech related services because right. I was hearing impaired for the first four years of my life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. So you as a book writer, you're a book writer, but mm -hmm. also beyond that. So it's like you, you were hearing impaired for a couple of years of your life, but how did mm -hmm. you, so just having that imagination, you know what I'm saying? Got you to that point to where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I can do this. That's what's up. That is what's up. I think yeah, that was, so that's why I said, I don't, that's why I said I don't remember, you know, because you're you're an infant. But when you hear stories of overcoming that, it was like I could overcome anything. And then my mom being a young mother um, right. and finishing college and now 29 years with the Department of Education was like, if my mother could overcome that, then I really ain't got no excuse. And then the fact that I recovered um, a sense, right. I was like, OK, God giving me another slate to do it right. Yeah, that's, that's, I like that. I like that. I still, I'm still stuck on the six books. I think it's amazing that you over. Like, I'm like, who the heck can write six books? And just like, this is a short little time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm on because I'm on book number two, and then I'm well, I'm on I'm on book number two, and then I'm co-writing with somebody right now. We're co-writing a journal. And so that's so, number three. So that's what I had to learn that too. Cause I right. thought anthologies and journals, that's not books. They was like, uh, it's literature, right? That's books. I was like, oh, right. so I gotta stop saying two. I should really be saying six. That's, yeah, like, wow. you, like we we've been working on this journal um like almost a year now. And so we are almost done, you know, but it's two of us doing it and it still work. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like it's two, we, we co-writing it together. But my first book took me like a year and a half to get it done and get it finished and get it out. Um, the second book is finished. I'm just waiting on it to be proofread and then mm -hmm. um, get that cover the way that I want it because it's not the way that I want it. But <laughs> then that'll be, you know what I'm saying? Like that will mm -hmm. be open with too. So I think it's amazing that you have that skill. I'm sorry, I'm fighting this book up. <laughs> you, I mean, it was the pandemic, and I wrote, I wrote all of that in the pandemic. Now I can believe that because my first book I wrote during the pandemic, like I just went ahead and did what I needed to do. You know what I'm saying? I think that the pandemic brought a lot out of people, like people who wanted to start businesses or who wanted to be art. It brought that creativeness out of you mm -hmm. that may have been dormant mm -hmm. or lost or whatever the case may be. 
So now that you have these books, have you thought about going into movies? I, I mean, I have somewhat like docu series. I, I my dream as a journalist is to be a commentator okay. on music okay. platforms because I love I love music, and I'm such an old head. Like I play old school R and B goodies. Right. I love today's R and B, some of today's R and B music, but to right. comment to be a commentator on those type of platforms like back in the day. VH1 had behind the music, you have TV one, stuff like that, to be right. on those music shows and comment. Right. I, agree. I would love to do something like that because I love music. I have been known to be the sonic music historian in my family. Yeah. Like I would bring up old records that family members forgot about. Like, we were at the conference in Atlanta, the author all stars, and our book coach, she was talking about oak trees, right? The semblance of oak trees. And as soon as I got back, I put Morris Day Oak Tree. Right. <laughs> and Oak Tree, Morris Day. Like I was, because I was really feeling the significance of an oak tree. Right. They don't waver under the storm. And she yeah. loves oak trees. And one of our author all-stars in the book, she was honored as the oak tree overcoming any major adversity. Right, right. And I played that record. I was like, I'm not going to hit an oak tree the song the same ever again from going to that conference so right. it just it takes you that's why I tell people as cliche as it sounds there's always a song for everything it is I, I'm, I'm with you. I, love music too. I love music too so I feel like there's always a song for anything that you're going through any mood that you mm -hmm. have it could be a rap song it could be a jazz song it mm -hmm. could be a classical song because I love every kind of music that I is. love all genres that's yes. and that's one thing I could appreciate my mother my grandmother my grandparents my uncles my right. uncle Robbie God bless his soul and my uncle Rodney were jazz lovers right right jazz lovers so I was playing a couple of records in jazz they like how you know I said don't sleep just because I don't play I go back to the archives thank you thank and, you um but the music began as you know cliche as it sound parents cleaning on Saturday morning Saturday afternoon right and my introduction was Marvin Gaye he had a greatest hits mm -hmm. album my mother would play it religiously every Saturday until the, the CD broke pretty much <laughs> and I heard his voice and I always say like that is my husband in another life because he's just so eloquent like right and then yeah. he could sing and then he could write then he could produce I was like oh my gosh that's my like, husband <laughs> yeah, so that's my husband in another life I swear right, right. and then my grandmother and my grandfather they love OJ's Teddy right. P um, yeah, that's the my grandfather was a big Gap Band fan. He was, you know, because he's originally from Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. And then my paternal grandfather is blues all day. So it was like Muddy Waters, Chuck Berry, because he's from the rural side of South Carolina. So right. I was getting that too. So it was just like a whole um, musical library. And then being a 90s baby, my grandfather was like, You see all that music you listening to? They sampling somebody. Right. From the <laughs> 70s, from the 80s. They sample somebody. You say the same thing all the time. Like they all they do is sample. They sample. <laughs> so, so once my grandfather said that, I really had a higher interest of listening to RB classics. Right. 
And I started listening to the samples. And then when I was still living in New York, we had 98.7 Kiss FM, Isaac Hayes. Rest in peace, yeah, Isaac okay, Hayes. I remember that. Was the host. Isaac Hayes was the host. Right. You had Dee Dee Banks and um, Doug Banks and Dee Dee McGuire, the original right. WBLS. Right. And then you had Hal Jackson, Sunday Classics. Wow. They would play okay. the Sunday Classics. Okay. Right. I was just expanding my musical library to the point my mother like all these old records will come on come on down you know who that is come on girl you know who that is and then i say it, and they're like how she know that like what right right that's amazing i think that is i, I think that makes you a well-rounded person though yes. you know what i'm saying to be able to listen to all genres of music but to know what it is and how music makes you feel and to say like oh i want to be a musical commentator you know what I'm saying? Because you don't you you don't hear people saying that anymore. Even if some people probably don't even know what that is or what mm -hmm. that job entails. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But you have to really have a love for yes. music, passion for music to be able to do that. So that is beautiful. To go from journalism to that, I'm like, oh, okay, that's different. But the fact that you love music, I'm one person. Yeah, I, I love music and a, and a lot of the people that I've interviewed over the years are musicians. So I've interviewed exactly. over a hundred people in popular culture. Right. So that's from musicians, that's from athletes, that's from um, government figures. I remember when I was in college interviewing the original Tus Tuskegee Airmen, the oh. late boy William Carter. Right. And the movie Red Tails was coming out, and that was huge for me. I was twenty-one. Right. Right. Covering and that's interviewing big. like the original Tuskegee Airmen. I was like. Right. It don't get no better than that. And then covering the Giants parade in college. I was like, who is doing these type of stories in college? I don't yeah. think people take the, um, like, they understand, like, the, who those people are. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because, like, well, I'm an 80s baby. So being that I'm an 80s baby, that's not too far from where I was. Because, like, mm -hmm. I'm early 80s. So, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when you are, like, 90s baby, you don't find that they're into it much. But. I have two sons, one of them 16, one of them 13. They listen to James Brown. You know what I'm saying? But Thank that's you. because they grew up with a parent that had this real love for They music. were introduced so, to that. Like, right. I'm going to play anything and everything. And people are like, your, your son in the shower listening to James Brown. And he knows. Yep, I sure was. I, I play it. Like, I, I play anyway from that, Phyllis Hyman. Like I right. said, the time. Just, right. I remember just being introduced to Michael Jackson because of the history album. Right. That was my introduction to Michael Jackson. That and Off the Wall. Wow. And all the yeah. other albums came in between, but it was the history album and Off the Wall. Right. That gave you that introduction mm -hmm. to Michael Jackson. I know Michael is like, well, see, I like Prince. I, I love Prince. I love Michael. I love me some Prince. I love, I love Prince. Prince too. <laughs> like, it's so, like, it's so hard. Prince, I was like, Prince died. What I was, he, he was. I was I was at work when Prince died. I was like, no. I was like, because you know, I thought it was a hoax. Because some people just evil like that. You know, that. people be doing mean stuff like that all the time. Exactly. Like, and then to yeah. find out that it was true, I was like, I was no. Crushed. I was crushed. I was like, I still I was like, devastated. like, I was like, man, what a the only man in my life that I know that could wear purple and is sexy. Right. Like, could wear purple <laughs> and is sexy. Like. No right. other man can do that. No sorry. other man can wear his shirt halfway open. Thank you. And slide across the floor. Yep. 
you can have his butt cheeks out in stage and have his butt cheeks out and like get away with it. No other man could do that. <laughs> so definitely, definitely. But don't get me wrong. I love Michael. Michael will always. I love Michael too. Like to I, I love, I love Michael. Like I was when we found out that Michael Jackson passed away. My brother was graduating from high school. Wow. And we was coming to get something to eat. I think we was going to a restaurant or finishing eating. And my pops, he played the radio. And we were like, Michael Jackson dead? Like, wait, what? Michael Jackson is dead. MJ is dead. Like, what? What? That was a sad day, too. That, that was, was a sad day. day. That was a very, very, very... I, I think, mean, like, just growing up off of Michael, being scared of... Th- I'm still scared of Thriller. I'm not watching my that. Cousin, my cousin Jacob, he was scared of Thriller. Like, I used, to, I used to be mean to him with that. I'll, I'll cut the lights off in the basement and no. we play Thriller. He was like, you know I'm scared of this video. I'm still scared of it. I have not watched that thing all the way through ever in my life. Soon as Michael turned, I don't want to watch it no more. No, I want to see Michael just like he was. Turn back, Mike. Turn back. No, you know, I like having a Michael that. Jackson glove, doll. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just growing up, um, just off of you know, like the Jackson Five. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's why. That's how I learned about too from Hal Jackson. Right. But my favorite Michael Jackson video is always going to be Scream. Him and Janet. Yeah, they killed that, and that was his most expensive video. I think they spent like seven million dollars. Yeah, they did that video, and that was a lot of money back then. Videos, period. Michael, that was a lot of money back then. I always tell people like music is different because when I was growing up, you would have songs that were like 10 minutes long, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. And I said, now it's like a hot two minutes. And I'm thinking, like, what happened to the rest of the song? That's you it. get an excerpt, and they like, oh, that's it. And then that's it. You're like, what oh, in the world? I missed something because I was yeah. waiting for, you know, like when I'm listening to music, I'm listening for the story. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yes. And so like, the story over, like, that's what happened. You know, I but, feel like you hear it. So, like, some of the rap today, I'm like, am I listening to words? I'm just listening to gibberish. Like, what in know. the world is going on? Like, and it's funny, like um, my introduction to rap was was Biggie because when you're from Brooklyn, oh okay, okay. that was my oh, intro. Wait, I had to say, wait a minute, you a '90s baby, so you say your introduction to rap was Biggie. So I'm Brooklyn, like, I'm like, wait, not '80s baby. Wait, that was my introduction. But, um, <laughs> but there was uh, five other rappers though, right? That I had to know because this is my mother's favorite. <laughs> Tell me who they are. Be Rakim, okay. EPMD, okay. Meth. Okay. LL. Of course. And <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> LL. I keep forgetting the other rapper. It's not special A. It's another rapper. I said meth, EPMD, uh-huh. Eric B, especially Eric B and Rakim. Okay. And Eric LL. B and Rakim, like she of course. really, and I don't know if it was. Oh gosh, I can't remember. I don't know if I, I don't want to so say. Like it's I don't so want to say I don't want to say De La Soul. It's just it's another like that. Um, Trial Court Quest. Okay, I can do Trial Quest. I, you know what's so crazy is my um older son. He listens to Trial Court Quest now, and I never really like I like their music, some of their music, but some of their music I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's mm. just me. You know what I'm saying? So it could be just me. But my son loved them. He listened to them a lot, like a lot mm. of their old old music. Old music. Yep. But My especially, son. especially him, 
LL Erby Rockham EPMD meth. She loves meth, man. Especially now that he's fully transitioned as an actor, you just like, oh, meth is Isn't he amazing. Like, people don't remember him like back way, uh -huh. back way, way back. You know what I'm saying? Cash like, rules everything around me, man. Right. Like, <laughs> right. People don't forget because he's so refined now. He's so refined <laughs> now. They gotta go back to the archives. Like, wait a minute, this is the same. Yeah, I'm like, this is the high, high meth, right. you know. Right. But Vicky was the introduction to a lot, and and he made you feel proud to be from Brooklyn. So as a kid, when he passed away, I really wanted to go to the funeral in Brooklyn. Like the whole, my mother's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're not going. No. <laughs> so what my cousin did and I, we prayed to God, like using the pics, like a picture of him right. to bring him back for the last six wow. months to bring him back to her. Cause me and my cousin, we really love Vicky. And so right. my grandmother found out, she's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, <laughs> are we talking to the dead? Like, I was loving Vicky. I was just trying to show him some love. <laughs> she had to laugh, you know, had to laugh because right. it was so innocent. But she right. was like, it was. that's not how it works. Like, no. <laughs> so you probably got a, a part of Biggie that the world didn't get because of where he's from. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So when he was like underground, underground, you probably got that part of him because people don't understand like artists, they be like out long, long time, years, like yes. 10, 15, 20 years before they really make it. You know what I'm saying? To where a lot of people know them and see them. Mm -hmm. So if you're not from where they're from, you probably don't, you probably never heard their music before. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Unless like I come there and I bring some down south music because I'm in Florida. So if I bring some down south music, like for instance, the Rock Wave, right? Mm. I went to Alabama, I went home and I'm playing his music. I'm playing his music. They're like, we don't like that. We don't like that. Turn it off. <laughs> like everybody, I was like, y'all don't like this. I love this. I was like, this is a new artist. He's finna come out. I was like, he gonna make it. He gonna make it. They're like, no, he ain't. He gonna make it. Now, every time I go home, oh, I got on Broadway. Y'all see, I went, mm -hmm. I know, look at that. Cause y'all wasn't messing with my boy. <laughs> but that's what they did to Trick Daddy when he first came out with that nan nan. No, like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Because you know that slang for Florida. So when he came out with that, right, people wasn't feeling that. They, they was wasn't like, feeling that at first until they was like, oh, okay. So they had to really listen. They had to listen to the trick. But that's it's like, oh, I remember the other rappers now. It wasn't Tribal Call Quest, it was Outcast. Oh, my mother oh, loved some Outcast. It was Outcast. My I mother loved known. some Outcast. In love with Outcast, I thought LL was my husband. Every time he I, I think his, LL was everybody's <laughs> husband in y'all like 80. Like yes. I know my mother was a teenager in the 80s. So mm. I that's I could see why she loved LL because he was kind of like y'all he was this the Elvis of hip hop. Like he was. He yeah, was. for y'all. So I I, I get it. I get he, it. He I definitely get it. was that you know, like I think that's awesome. I see that. You have this real passion and love for music, and I can respect that because I do too. You know what I'm saying? Writing the same thing. I love to write. I love to journal. Um, all of those things. But I'm really proud of you for just thank you being 33 years old and achieving those goals. That's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of women that are 33 are doing other things. You know what I'm saying? And not to say, not to be judgmental, but I think it's so much power in um, knowledge and expansion. You feel I think it, 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 it for me is a combination of 
upbringing and then making the conscious decision that she want to be better. Like I come from a lot of strong women, so you couldn't be weak around them. And that wasn't weak to cry. It was weak. Like you can't wallow. You can't expect somebody to feel sorry for you. Like, especially my grandmother, Bayesian American, 5'2", from Harlem. Right. <laughs> She'll let you know she was from Harlem in a heartbeat. You said Harlem, that was it. She done. <laughs> she let you know, like she, yeah, like she, you knew what time it was with Eloise Estelle. Like she'll let you know she's from Harlem. And then right. my paternal grandmother was the same way, like Lydia Lorraine, right from New York, same thing. And then my mother, like you know, because of my grandmother, it was poured in to my mother, and then my uncle Robbie being like a, a somewhat brother and father figure to my mother at times, all in one, right. poured in certain elements to her, right. which she poured right. into her children. But I remember my mother having a, a very heart to heart conversation with me in high school. Right. And she was like, this is the time of your life that's going to make or break the rest of your life. So you need to think about what you are doing in these, in these halls. And I went to one of the best high schools in Brooklyn, but I remember her having this conversation. This is the start of the rest of your life. What you do in that school will determine the rest of your life. I love that. I love that. I love that. You said a few significant things that kind of like, it's kind of like unheard of now. You know what I'm saying? You said a few significant things, especially like, um, you know, like your grandmother and your your maternal and paternal grandmother being strong women, them teaching you how to be a strong woman, your mother telling you like, this is what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you either get it or you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? These are your options. Yes or no. It's no in between. It was no yes, no if, no ands, no but. But I was that type of student that always wanted to do well. But right. I, But my mother understood being a teenager, you're going to have temptations. Right. Be a lot of things because <laughs> right. even though I was sheltered as a kid, I was still very schooled because my mother came from the concept of like, I'd rather tell you before somebody else in the street tell you and they don't know what they're talking about. This is what and my grandparents about. were the, the reinforcement. Right. So when we had that conversation at 14, I was like, okay, this is not a game. Like, we got to <laughs> <I gotta laughs> make the best of these high school years. And I tell people, right. those are the high school years that went too fast because I did a lot in high school and I loved high school. That's, and you know, I expressed that to my children is to like, I told them high school was the best years of my life. Not saying like adult, I had fun in adulthood, but you know, once you get an adult, you want to test some waters that you shouldn't mm-hmm. test. You know what I mean? start doing. And I had fun in college too. Don't get me wrong. Right. I had some fun in college, yeah. but yeah. high school was the start of that. It was the know? start of the fun. You know what yeah. I mean? I was telling, it's funny you said you was 14 when you had a conversation. My baby son will be, um, he'll be 13 next, he'll be 13 Thursday. Mm-hmm. So last week, we had a car conversation. I'm basically telling him what your mom told him. Like, hey, listen, you about to be a teenager. You know, like this, this is going to make you or break you. You got to do what you need to do. You got to, you know, like I was just giving him like little points of you're not a baby no more. You yep. know what I'm saying? 12 is over with. It's over with mama waking you up. And, mm-hmm. you know, all those little things that mm-hmm. mom did. It's, I've, been, mm-hmm. I've been preparing him this whole time. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like, hey, mm-hmm. do this, do that, you know just to prepare him. Yep. And I always tell my kids, you know, like you have to, um, 
they say, no, my oldest son always saying, says, I love having old parents. I always like, what you mean, old people? <laughs> <laughs> What's he talking about? What you trying to say? <laughs> you know? But he's 16. And of course, I, I had him when I was 20, 25, 26. You know what I'm saying? So then my baby son, I had him when I was 30. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you do got old parents. So I have an old school way of thinking and of teaching them so that, you know, like, you know, this don't make or break you. You in high yep. school now, 10th grade, you only got two years. So what you going to do? Home That's home? what I said. Like, my mother was not <laughs> playing. Like, she was just, you know, she wanted me to enjoy it. But she, yeah. I remember having that conversation. We had that conversation, you know, because I started high school. I remember the date. It was September 13, 2004. So it was the week before I turned 14. So we had the conversation two weeks before because it was the end of the summer and we right. started getting prepared and you started going to bed early, all that good stuff. So your mind right. could register that. And then I had I had to get up at five to leave the house by six to get to right. school by eight. Right, right. Versus in junior high, I had a parent picking me up, dropping me off. That's a, that's a different transition. Like yeah. I gotta get on a bus. It's an awakening. <laughs> hey, baby, hey, like what you wait? Er, like what so, <laughs> Yeah, so we had to have that that conversation, and right. then I met one of my good buddies. We still, you know, we still cool to this day. He was like my bus buddy for a while, right. but it was. But I remember having that conversation. You can't be staying up late because you know you gotta get up at five to leave. At six. Right. But it was my grandfather told me to go to the high school I went to. He was like, Nikki Nag, you're too smart to go to this zone school. Like, no. And then he said, I went off morrow. I trusted his judgment and how right. God, God worked. It wasn't the original choice. It wasn't the first choice. It was my second. But it was the school that called me first. I was like, okay, God, you really must want me to go to this you school. Want me to go. Right. And it turned out to be the best decision that I ever made. And my mother was like, I have never seen a high school student so diligent and so full of life and watching my own child enjoyed high school. It was just like, wow. That's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, you can enjoy life. You know what I'm saying? I love mm-hmm. something else you said was you made a conscious choice. You know yes. what I'm saying? And I think that's important, even like going on with you being a great writer, you know what I'm saying, is because you are conscious of the things that the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. I think that is very powerful. Um, I'm just proud of you because, like, at 33, I know 33 year old women that could do exactly what you did write six books, be in journals, co author, be like that's a big section that, and I mean, I want you to be proud of you because I'm proud of you. You know, what thank I'm you. I, I really, I really appreciate Like, I had to go back. To the milestones that I did, even in college, like you know, go back graduating, graduating <laughs> from you know college, the first you know really grandchild on right. both sides of my family to graduate from college, the right. first African American to receive a wall of fame, um, right. get your master's degree before you twenty five. Like it was right. just a lot of firsts in my family, and I remember my uncle was saying when my grandfather passed away in twenty twenty one, he was telling his daughter. She's like, you know, I call her 20 because when she was younger, she really looked like me. Right. So he's like, he's like, Dom set the bar for y'all to do what because she set the bar. Right. 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 And then I was and I was the first I was the first I was the first girl 
in my in my on my dad's side of the family. I was the old, I'm the oldest granddaughter. Right. And then on my mom's side, I'm the fourth youngest out of 23 grandchildren. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it to set those milestones for your other cousins or your other relatives to do the things that they can do because they watched you. Exactly. And I said, I'm appreciative and I'm grateful for that. But you got to understand, you know, along with success came battles, you know, you, you know, new levels, new devils, you know, I, I, and I tell people, I didn't do it by myself. Like whether it was um, financial support, emotional support resources, right. I just took advantage. I had to change my priorities to match my opportunities. That's all I did. That's all I did. That's it. That's it. And that's what it's about. I wish that we could coin that statement for you, you know, some change of priorities, because if people realize, like, just change your priorities, then mm -hmm. everything will work the way that you work. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love and you got to keep and you got to keep God first. God has to be right. the nucleus in your life. Like, right. I can't. I tell people all the time, I'm just the product. God is is the manufacturer and the Bible is the manual. Like, I, I can't. It's nothing you could do. Nothing I can do. <laughs> it's nothing you can do. I don't do. know. Like I told when I massage clients, I'm like, I don't know how they be coming out. Oh my God, I feel such amazing. And I'm like, I don't know how to half step. As your practitioner, I just don't know how to half step. Even on a bad day, I just don't know how to half step. Exactly. I just don't know how. Exactly. And if they feel amazing, that's because of the good energy inside of you. Mm -hmm. Because you giving them that good energy every time you rubbing on them and you know what I'm saying? You're doing your massage thing. And so that's amazing. I am super duper proud of you. I thank you for coming on the show. Definitely making me laugh and talking about music. I told mm -hmm. you this I'm such a free hearted person. So I knew it wasn't going to be nothing that make you nervous. So no, not at all. I, and I love podcasts like that. It's not scripted. Everything is unscripted because you can have one agenda for your podcast and then it could take you to another agenda. So <laughs> when it flows that way, that's the best way. Let it go. Let it go. You know, like mm -hmm. it gives you the opportunity to just let whatever happens, happens. You know, that's why I tell people when they come on the show, just be you. Don't be coming mm -hmm. over here trying to, you know, like abstain from this. Just be you. Because Try I to be so prim and proper. And you just yeah. reading plastic now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, my mom put me in uh, etiquette school, modeling school. So I'm like this because I was taught to be this way. But I want to be like everybody else. I just want to chill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, like, they don't, I, back in the day, um, when, you, when I was young, you know, if you could afford to, you would go to, like, modeling school. And so modeling school would teach you, like, etiquette, like how to set a table, how to walk, mm -hmm. how to talk, mm -hmm. how to curse you know what I'm saying? How to have these different mannerisms. And to be, basically be dainty. Yes, to be dainty like a girl, even mm -hmm. though I was still a tomboy in some kind of ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get yes. it. I was a tomboy. As well. I was I was a tomboy but still feminine. I think I was really a tomboy because I, I had a lot of male cousins. Like the female cousins, the very few I had was close in age, but majority of the females, they were, they were teenagers. They were trying to get, you know, high school and boyfriends and you know, there was nothing really to talk about except the music because right. the music they were playing. Right. Was, okay. That was my, that's how I got introduced. That's to how Usher. you got introduced to it. I got introduced to Usher because my cousin Nicole Ooh. was the same age as Usher. And oh. one day he was on Soul Train 
because my my other cousin, some cousins didn't have cable, so right. they will watch Soul Train. And when I watched him, I was like, oh, okay, he nice. I was like, well, I like that. And he good looking, and he could dance, and he could sing. Right. I was like, who is this Usher guy? Because that's that's all I wanted to play. And because of me liking Usher, my mother, you know, loves Usher. But that was my cousin Nicole because she was the same age right. as Usher. And right. watching her and playing the music, and that's how my other cousin got into Drew Hill, because all his because all his siblings at that point they were teenagers. Right. And that's how we all got into the hip hop too, because my cousin Isaac will keep a, a rack of CDs in a drawer. So that's how right. we would sneak off and listen sneak to Jay Z and Nas and DMX and everybody right. in between. That little kid should not be listening to. But we, but we just love the beats and and the, just the lyrics that what they were saying. What the music did to you, right? Because mm-hmm. it was saying it was telling the story, you know, like it was I telling the story. That's what it was, and we may not understand it by the, you know, right away. But it was the beats and the stories, especially like I said, it goes back to Biggie. Like Biggie is a very storyteller. He was like I listen to the lyrics now, and I'm right. like, this man has so much adjectives in his lyrics. You're like. Cluckering when, when they try to make us seem uneducated and smart, always listen to some older music and you will hear yep. stuff and be like, What hold on? What did you yep. have to write the word down? Like, what does that mean? And when you even even, out, even you, you can even go back to Angie Stone when oh, she was definitely. in the sequence. Definitely. I think Angie. the first the first um hip hop artist that they realized, like, wait a minute, he was intelligent. I want to say it's E40, but I feel like it's somebody else before E40 that came mm-hmm. along. But when everybody started hearing E40 wordplay, they was like, ooh, 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 he used a mm-hmm. big word. But I was like, wait a minute, y'all. Like, it was people using big words before all of this. Y'all just wasn't listening to the lyrics. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> even how they oh, even how they break syllables down. Like, um, even though Eminem has maybe if a ninth, tenth grade education. Right. That man could break syllables for days. Like he right. could find words that you didn't think worms rhyme with. I was like, what rapper rhymes has a word that rhymes with orange <laughs> other than range? Like, but his the way he breaks down syllables is ridiculous. They don't understand. It's, it's like ridiculous. A, you know, they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, this is our time, love. Can you give everybody a social media handle so they can go and sure. follow you and see what you got going on? All right, so I'm gonna give y'all my link tree, linktree.com slash dom0922. Uh, um, when you click on there, you can see all my social media information. And I know this lovely, lovely young lady is gonna give all, all my social media handles as well. Yes, and then you can see all my books, um, me being featured in articles. You can purchase my new book, The Whole Entrepreneur, there as well. And Stay tuned for 2024. This is a year of abundance. I don't want to give away too much, but it's going to be a, a, an amazing year. I believe it. I, I've been telling people, I was like, I don't know why I, I feel something different about 2024. It's going to mm-hmm. be a different year. Yeah. So usually on the show, I have people like leave everybody with something positive or something that, you know what I'm saying? Just something that's going to carry people on through the week, something that they're going to remember. So okay. this is your time. Well, I like to say my favorite quote, and I even still apply it to me when um, I'm going through things. An inspirational vision is not a pipe dream. Give it a chance to mature and reveal its true potential. 
Wow. I love that. That is like, oh, that really touched my heart. I really, really, yeah, I'm, I'm um, live. <laughs> I can really, I knew that was going to happen. That's why I instantly started looking that way. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I, I really love um, the inspiration in people. People don't think that you see it in them. And I think sometimes it makes me um, a little sad that people don't bring it out of them. You yes. Know what so what you said, it touched me in a way to where I know it would bring something different out of people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I want you to say it one more time and then okay. just go because I don't want nobody to miss that. <laughs> All right. So it's an inspirational vision. It's not a pipe dream. Give it a chance to mature and reveal its true potential. Yes, ma'am. Y'all heard what the lady said. So I'm going to go on that note. As usual, I love y'all. I appreciate everybody who tunes in, who supports, who's always saying, like, where am I live at? Why you ain't on live? I appreciate y'all. We're going to have Miss Dominique come back in 2024 because we want to hear what she had up next that she don't want to tell us about right now because we want to know. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I respect y'all. And I always forget to say, and they always get on me, like, share, subscribe, of course. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, just inbox me. I'll send you the calendar or just book on the calendar. So I appreciate y'all. I love y'all and good night. <laughs>